0: Hey guys. Welcome back to Coffee, Beans, and Books. We have had a very unique day today. Yes, we went to the largest Starbucks in the world.
1: It's in Chicago along Michigan Avenue. What do you think of it, Caitlin? Well, it was interesting to say the least. Um, it was very crowded and a little too disorganized <laughs> and confusing for my taste, uh, but the experimental drink I got was incredible. It was an affogato which I don't really know what that means in coffee talk, Um, but it had nitrogen-infused gelato topped with espresso. It was so good because I love ice cream and I love coffee, so that was amazing. And you can only get it at, like, their reserve roasteries, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But what'd you get? Um, I got the chocolate...
0: I don't think that's how you pronounce it because when I ordered it, the guy was like, looked at me like I was stupid, but I don't know. It's okay. (laughs) I don't know coffee, really. Um, And it was like mixed chocolate and vanilla bean cream and espresso. And it was really good, except like it didn't really taste like much coffee. It was more just like chocolate sauce. Yeah, you were like,
1: what the heck is this?
0: That was pretty good. And I also had um, a prosciutto croissant. And it was so good. The croissant was, like, so buttery and flaky. And, yeah, it was really good. Oh, yeah, I
1: got a brioche bun, I think, but I asked for a croissant. It's okay, though. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: That's awkward.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, did you like the atmosphere of the Starbucks Reserve <gasps> Roastery?
0: Um, it it's of official had, name. Yeah, right. Yeah, come on. Yeah. It kind of had a weird vibe. Like, it was very touristy because... Obviously, this is the biggest uh, uh, Starbucks in the entire world, so there were a lot of tourists there, and it seemed more like a museum than an actual Starbucks. Usually, you'd think of Starbucks as being cozy and like small and quaint, but this one was like extremely chaotic. Um, and, and they had a gift shop. Yeah, they even had a gift shop, and if you place has a gift shop, then you know it's a big deal. And also... The baristas were, like, kind of low-key scary. Like, they were kind of intimidating. (laughs)
1: They all had mustaches. True. They all had brown hair, tattoos, and mustaches. No hate, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree. And it felt like Starbucks was trying to make it seem more utilitarian and minimalistic. Um... So this led to people being confused because there was a limited amount of signs. Mm -hmm. And it was very disorganized as to where you would go for, like, the different lines. Yeah. It was not marked. Nothing was marked out properly. There
0: were, like, four floors, and they were all supposed to be different. Like, one was coffee. Most, like, all, they all had coffee on them, but one was, to focus on coffee and then another one was like the experimental floor which was where we ate and then there was another floor that was supposed to be a bakery but they all kind of seemed to be the same so we're a little confused on like what the difference was like
1: we all we looked at each one of the bakery um areas for each floor and they all had the same stuff yeah so don't be bothered to go up yeah. If you don't need yeah, to. because they're all the same. It's all the same. Unless if you want to get nitrogen-infused ice cream, anything, <laughs> then go to the experimental stuff, but you can get plain coffee on every floor.
0: They also have um, a bar on the fourth floor, however... For those 21 and up. Yeah, we are 16 and 17, so yes. not exactly ideal. <laughs> and they also have a, like a... Rooftop terrace, which is pretty cool because it's right on Mission Avenue, so I'm sure it has a really pretty view of the city. We didn't go up there, but yeah. yeah. So I guess that would maybe be a reason why you'd go up
1: the stairs if you wanted <laughs> to get a view
0: of the city. <laughs> or if you but... want to work out. Yeah, no, not course. really. Well, yeah, there are escalators. escalators and elevators.
1: Um, but yeah, what
0: would you rate it? I would give this like a six out of ten, um, because the food was really good and the um, drinks were really unique compared to just your average Starbucks.
1: If you went to the experimental
0: floor, yeah, I think they were kind of. This, it seemed like I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Matter. We
1: do, We really didn't know because yeah. it
0: was so crowded. Yeah. Um, it. But it was just really confusing, like we said, and chaotic. And I'm sure after a little while it won't be so crowded. That's because true. Because it did just open up, so it's kind of a big deal, like right now. But um. Yeah, just today. And it's the Friday before Christmas. Like, everyone's Yay! getting out of school. Finals
1: are done. Woo <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah. So um, I think everyone was just trying to, like, enjoy their Christmas break and stuff and squeeze in last-minute shopping. So there were kind of a lot of people there. But, again, I think it was just, Don't like... do it
1: your normal bakery yeah. or normal coffee yeah. shop. It's not going to be. Yeah. It's basically a museum. Like, if you've ever been to the Guinness... Uh, museum in Ireland. It just felt like that.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> and can I can compare.
0: I walked by there like a few weeks ago, and there was a line out the door to even get in the place. Like yeah. today, we didn't have to wait um, outside or anything. Thank God because it's super cold. It was freezing. But um, yeah, so I it probably we went at like eleven, so it's kind of an awkward time. But I'm sure like it is. Uh, there is lines out the door. On The weekend, yeah, and,
1: stuff. and there's oh my god, the parking was awful. Oh, yeah, we almost had a little mishap, but that's yeah, yeah. it's okay now. It's okay. We're energized yeah. and ready to talk about Brave New Worlds. <laughs>
0: yes, chapter 11. So, if I remember correctly, we left off at chapter 11, yeah. which was when Lenina and Bernard were going to the reservation in New Mexico. So, if you want to listen and find out what happened um, (laughs) here, our take on the the end
1: of Brave New World. Well, no, I was gonna say (laughs) before
0: chapter eleven. If you're new to the podcast podcast, and you want to know what happened prior to
1: chapter eleven, you can check out our last podcast and the one before that, where we tell you about our favorite novels we have ever read. Facts. So now. The second half of Brave New World. Yep. Um, so we're introduced to Linda and John, um, and before Bernard and Lenina go to New Mexico, uh, Thomas, the director, warned uh, Bernard about the dangers of the pr- of the reservation, and that's when I think we talked about this in our other podcast, on our previous one, how like Bernard was kind of taken aback and threatened. He was threatened to be sent. Wasn't it Iceland? Because Thomas was, like, oh, yeah. telling Some, him all about his feelings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, a no-no. No-no in the world state. Yeah. Big no-no. Um. So Thomas mentioned something about how the woman he was with got separated uh, from the rest of the group, or from him. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, we later find out that this woman is Linda and that the director had gotten her pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was rescued by the Indian men and taken to the reservation where she was forced to leave behind her life in the world state and there she gave birth to her baby boy, John. Yep,
0: and so John is raised in that, um, raised on the reservation and raised um, apart from the world state culture um, and we know that the world state, please, least that's what it's called, right? Yeah. World state culture is like, really strange people don't give birth to their children they're all created in labs and everything's just like very controlled and like structured and on the reservation there's a lot more freedom and um the people of the world they just think the reservation's so strange
1: but it's really not it's just a different culture yeah
0: right so then no one has really been exposed to the culture of the reservation but um they almost
1: think of it as like a zoo Mm -hmm. Like, just an entertainment attraction, not somebody else's life. Yeah,
0: people go there for vacation. It's almost like, yeah, like an amusement park, kind of. People will go there for vacation, and they do the activities that, like, the Native Americans would do. And they... It's really weird. Treat them like a spectacle. Yeah. So, um, as I was saying, John was raised in this culture, and his mother, Linda... She was part of the World State culture, and um, in the World State, they have these drugs that they always take if they're feeling um, just kind of out of whack, even though the drugs are probably they're making them more just, like, out like, of yeah. whack. But yeah, they're all just addicted to this drug called Soma.
1: I think, do we talk about it? Yeah, we do. I think
0: so. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Linda's just like super, she just hates it on the reservation. Well, actually... I don't know, does she? She's kind of like half and half, I feel like. I feel
1: like she's half, because she dates this guy, remember his name, oh, it started with a P. Pope or something? Pope, yeah. And, but then she, he got her addicted to alcohol. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, that's right.
0: Yeah. So, um, really not much different in terms of her problems. But anyway, so she just felt really lost without her Soma,
1: and yeah. And then we get when Lenina comes to the reservation, she finds out that she doesn't have her Soma. She left her Soma at the hotel or something. Yeah. And she starts freaking out because she watches these gruesome, well, to her, they're gruesome sacrifices and rituals. Yeah. And she's like, where's my Soma? Where's my Soma? I can't live without this. Yeah. And I feel like that just shows, shows how much the world state has entrenched their, like, beliefs of the to the chemical level yeah, to yeah. these people just mm-hmm. 100% control yeah. over like them. they can't think
0: for themselves all their thoughts come from these drugs kind of
1: yeah it's really scary actually yeah it is scary and also we see that Linda um cause she she was not used to the reservation she's used to the world state so she she um sleeps with all these other wives men because that's what would happen in the world state because
0: no one's married
1: no one's married in the world state and she gets beat beaten up by these women Mm -hmm. for their husbands cheating on them with her Uh and she doesn't understand and I just think that shows the um, dichotomy between the two cultures and like what we're used to marriage and Mm -hmm. like regular social norms that we have versus what the world state has
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, eventually Bernard, I think Bernard takes Linda and John back to the world state. Yeah. Um, because Linda wants to go back, um, to her old life. And, um, she takes John with her. Um, because, uh, like we said before, her, um, his father is the director of the hatchery or whatever yeah. which is like the lab where the um, children
1: Thomas.
0: yeah Thomas so um they move back to London and Linda gets hooked on her Soma again and of
1: course and John also is like culture shocked by the world mm-hmm. state yeah he's grown up with the Native Americans Mm-hmm. And he was always made fun of at the reservation.
0: Yeah, because he was so different from everyone else. Yeah. And now he is a joke in the world state too.
1: It's ironic. So, yeah,
0: they so call he, him a savage. And they, he just really can't fit in anywhere. Poor child. I know. I well, we him.
1: see at the end what happens eventually because of this. Yeah. Um, But then we have... One thing that we noticed throughout the end is the feelies, which they have for movies. Mm-hmm. And they're like spectacles like videos for these people. And, yeah. and like what happened in one of them was the wait, who got whipped? Oh, that was um John. John, John whipped, would whipped himself. Whipped
0: himself. And people would take videos of it and like post it
1: everywhere. Yeah. For people to see. They treated it as entertainment. Mhm. And then he whips this is at the end right.
0: Yeah, he whips Lenina because Lenina is really attracted to John for some reason. I think she, she's, like, he's kind of, like, dangerous, kind of, you know, not to...
1: Sa- da- like, quote-unquote yeah. savage. Like, he's just
0: different, so she's kind of attracted to that. And, but, like, John, he doesn't believe in the same things that the world state believes, like, them just sleeping with whoever they want. So, um... John rejects her, and he locks himself in his room, and, well, actually, I think he does that multiple times, but I could be wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and he reads Shakespeare. Othello. Mm-hmm. And Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And there's a part where he's reading Romeo and Juliet um, to Bernard and um, Bernard's friend
1: Hemholtz, and, and- Hemholtz was the reporter, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Which I don't think we touched on that in the last one, did we?
1: I think we did oh, a little bit. maybe we did.
0: Yeah, but um, Bernard has this friend, Helmholtz, who is a reporter. And he's not, like, very successful, right? Is that the deal? Yeah. Something like that. Oh, okay, so as I was saying, Helmholtz, um, or um, John is reading this uh, passage from Romeo and Juliet. And it's about um, their marriage and or how they want to get married and it's like a big deal that they're not allowed to get married and Humholtz just laughs because yeah. it's just so like outside of their culture to get married and to just like be attached to another person for the rest of your life yeah. like that's just so such a foreign idea to this um world state culture
1: well, uh, yeah and also I wanted to say th- so at the end of the novel After the whipping with the feely, um, there's an orgy, which is common throughout this world state. Uh Uh-huh. And John takes part in it, and then he kills himself the next day. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like, the guilt that this world promotes Mm -hmm. or creates for those who, like, don't think the same or aren't, um, who know truth. Uh Uh-huh. It's crazy. It, like, ties into a lot about what we're learning about in ethics right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... That, like, th- appetite of spirit. Yeah, and, like, truth and happiness. Like, uh-huh. did you... So there's, um, Plato's allegory of the... The cave. Cave. Yeah. Which is, like, what the Matrix is based off of. Okay. And the people see, like, the truth, and they're, at first, they're scared, and mm-hmm. they just want to be happy... And but happiness only comes with truth. And I think this is what like this whole book encompasses is like you have to know the truth. Like they're not living truth on this soma. Yeah. And no marriage, no love, just yeah. get with whoever you want. And that just doesn't lead to full happiness. Yeah. And I think it's absolutely horrible that this like one state just decided to strip them of their basic humanity.
0: Mhm. Yeah, they're just so focused on pleasure and that's their sole goal in life is to just experience as much pleasure as possible and they really have they really don't have a purpose yeah like and it even talks about how like people just die and it's like not a big deal like it's like because they're not really living for anything greater than the earth like it's so bad like i'm confused like who
1: would like why did someone make this yeah and how did
0: everyone like come to agreement on that yeah
1: and like just why would you want no purpose? I just don't understand, yeah, like it's a really confusing book, not gonna lie, but it, it deals with huge themes, yeah, though. like. Yeah like consumers and materialism yeah and i think huxley wrote this in a time when it was scary because it looked like in the future there would be so much consumers and that mm-hmm. it would just take over yeah like the mind of humans yeah. like just what i want what's going to give me quick gratification
0: yeah like to set up a little context this book was written in the 20s yeah i think And so, you know, roaring 20s, everyone was drinking and so
1: self-obsessed. Conspicuous consumption. Yeah,
0: they were using their, um, they had, like, credit cards and that was, like, a new thing. So they were just buying a ton of stuff. And people were just so obsessed with, um, their, like, going to parties and, um, just having a lot of material goods. And, um, so I could see why... He would be so fearful. Obviously, we know um, that didn't really happen as much because, you know, the stock market crashed and then Great Depression happened. So then every... It was, like, the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that uh, today you can see how um, a lot of people um, are kind of self-absorbed and, like, with social media and, yeah. I
1: don't know, they want everyone to do, like, it's, like, selfish. Mm-hmm. Like, what I need right now. And, like, it's weird yeah. if you don't agree with what I need. Yeah. Like, everyone. And this group thing that's going on, especially in politics right now. hmm Like, uh, oh, just so much going on in the yeah. country right now that really speaks to, I think, a bigger evidence of what Huxley was writing about. Is like, it's scary what happens in government when people, like, just want... What what's, they yeah, want right. instead mm-hmm. of what thinking what's best for the greater good, yes, you may want pleasure, but what does someone else want? Mm-hmm. And also you have to find the truth in order for life to actually be good. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're learning about law and ethics too is like relativism relativism can't exist. like there has to be an absolute truth yeah. because if Cause then everyone would just do whatever they want. yeah and, and like this utop this dystopian society, I feel like the controllers of the world state They just wanted to do what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and made everyone fall along with it in order to fit material needs. And like, money is not everything. No. Definitely not. And I feel like that's what Huxley was trying to come across with too.
0: Yeah. Scary. I might have talked about this in like, the last one, but I can't remember. But in my religion class, yeah, I think I might have said something about this. But in my religion class, we were watching this Twilight Zone episode about this guy, and he, like, uh, is a burglar, and he goes, he's shot by the police, and he goes to hell. Like, he dies, and he goes to hell. Oh, we
1: watched that.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I love that show. If you don't know what the Twilight Zone episode, or Twilight Zone is, you should definitely check it out. It's a really good show. It's on Netflix. It's
1: oldie but a goodie.
0: Yeah, oldie but a goodie. So All good.
1: oldies are good. Yeah, true.
0: It, like, messes with your mind, but it's so, so, so good.
1: Kind of like the show Black Mirror. This, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like, book very is much, is like, straight out of Black Mirror. Yeah, like, kind
0: of true. Out.
1: And, yeah. like, the whole dystopian novel, yeah. like, genre has always fascinated me. Like, the first book that I ever fell in love with was The Hunger Games.
0: Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're,
1: like... How can someone create a world like this? Yeah, right. And be okay with it. Yeah. Like the, I feel like these types of books teach you. Their main focus is to teach you like morality.
0: Mm -hmm, Yeah, because it's like uh, possibilities of what the future could be,
1: and I feel like it's also
0: like they're pointing out certain um, aspects of society that if we continue to do certain things, then our future could possibly be like these uh dystopian novels like they seem so crazy like how could anything like that ever happen but I mean like you never know
1: I feel like the inner there's many like inner like sources of this kind of um these themes do you know what I mean like like I think it's selfishness Mm -hmm. because people aren't really thinking about other people no it's not selfishness it's um no compassion Mm. yeah like and I guess that goes with selfishness but people are only thinking about what they feel inside and instead of like we should all help each other grow in each other's purpose and everyone's purpose and not just worry about our own happiness or our own gratification but about the world and not and I think that speaks to what's going on today. Yeah. And I feel like that's the source of like the bad that happens in these dystopian novels. Yeah, for sure. Like
0: like you see those kind of like wealthy people
1: like Divergent. If you read Divergent. Yeah I have. In the Hunger Games, President Snow does that.
0: Yeah. President Snow's so the scary. The world
1: state does that in the Brave New World. Yeah, there's
0: a few people that take control and just make decisions for everyone.
1: Yeah. And you wonder about their mental state too. Mm hmm. Like, do yeah. they actually know what truth is?
0: Probably not.
1: No. Because, well, that's especially scary. in
0: Hunger Games, like, why would you put children against each other, make them kill each other? Well, like, that's crazy. I feel like that's
1: different because it's more like forced by the military, you know? Like, it's forced by the Capitol.
0: But, I mean, President Snow was in charge of it, everything, though.
1: Like, if he didn't want... he didn't understand. I... no. But then, again, I know, I think that's different. I think they did understand in the Hunger Games. Because, like, District 12, they would, like... They would always talk about running away. Like, they didn't like the system. District 11, like, no... Like, everyone knew it was wrong. Yet, they did it anyway.
0: Well... But because they were forced to. The president maybe probably didn't know it was wrong.
1: No, I think he knew it was wrong. Then why would he make them do it? To keep them under control.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Because he said, we want to unite, like, after the rebellion Uh. in Pan Am. Like, he wanted to make sure that no one would ever rebel again. Uh. But I think that's, like, just the core of dystopian novels, I feel like, is just no compassion. Yeah. And just... Breaking away from truth. I think that's what it is, too. It's just no truth. Mm-hmm. Which is so scary to think about if that happens. And, like, people nowadays are just only following what they see on social media. They're yeah. not actually researching it themselves. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. There are just a few people in particular that are always popping up on my Instagram. Yeah. That are always like, you know, this hap- this injustice happened, this injustice happened. It's all Trump's fault. I know. We shouldn't get into that. But. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just very biased and then sometimes you can like give into that stuff because you just only see one side and you're like, "Well, that's terrible that that happened." But if you found it on Instagram, how do you know that that's exactly true?
1: I know. That's exactly right. And also, if you're just following one bias, right. You that's called confirmation bias in psychology. You only want to know or you only believe in what Fits your yeah, perspective yeah. already. Yeah. Like you refuse to accept facts. Yeah, exactly. If they don't like align with what you believe, yeah, but right. facts are facts. Yeah. And they're the truth. Yeah. And you can't just like dismiss truth because yeah. it makes you feel better. Yeah, and I think this is that's exactly what happens in Brave New World. because yeah. it so makes them feel better. Believing that material yeah. materialism yeah. makes them feel better. Sex makes them feel better. Yeah, but not the truth. And I know it can be scary to look truth in the face mm-hmm. like it was in Plato's allegory of the cave. Oh wow. And in the matrix. <laughs> wow. But, Shout
0: out to religion class. Yeah.
1: But I think brand Brave New World just ties into everything and I think Huxley did a really good job of warning us in the ninth in the early 1900s about what the future yeah. could hold if we continue dismissing truth. Yeah.
0: And it's such a like prevalent theme now especially I feel like, because as we said, it's like the age of the selfie and all that stuff, so everyone's just so into themselves and what they're feeling. Not everyone, but I think that with the rise of technology and all that jazz, there's just a lot of...
1: I know. um, And technology is prevalent in Brave New World. Right. That's what co- like, yeah, that's, that's what causes everything. That's why I always debate with my uncle. I'm like, I don't really like this much technology getting into our lives. Yeah. Because it takes us away from like reality. Yeah,
0: so true. It's crazy. Yeah. And it also makes people so antisocial. I know. And uh, it's pretty terrible. It's crazy
1: um, how everything ties into each other.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Like, true and technology yeah it's weird. yeah it's cool to talk like, yeah. about yeah the
0: technology can just totally alter everything and that's why we got to be careful i know because the technology could eventually like rule our lives
1: as it does in the matrix
0: yeah yeah and it does control aspects of our lives now like there are certain things that we just like totally we just like can't live without like our
1: phones, like TikTok, the app. TikTok. <laughs> oh, really
0: TikTok! Well, wow, yeah, so bad. It's really it's Like our soma. And is TikTok, are, right? Kind <laughs> of it. Let yeah, get it. so good. Yeah, you guys should check out our TikToks. Yes. They're so good. I've one TikTok. Make it famous. Get me on the for you page. Would be much appreciated.
1: <laughs> oh, wow! Well, I think this was a really good discussion about the philosophical aspects of Brave New worlds yeah. It was a great read and I
0: it was I a really good I recommend
1: it to anyone who's looking for more dystopian and kind of oldie, yeah and like crazy you're gonna get some crazy stuff in Brave New World for sure mm-hmm.
0: it um, messes with your brain yeah really makes you think and it
1: makes you think and, and you're also you like kind of like
0: oh sorry go ahead no
1: if you like thinking read it
0: yeah but also you're gonna be like what the heck is going on yeah like, you're who the like, heck is coming up with this stuff you can
1: be like whoa and let me
0: tell you Aldous Huxley Aldous
1: Huxley <laughs> Gonna be like, whoa! Was was that guy taking a little too much? Yeah. Well. <laughs> or something else. <laughs> okay. Well, um. Oh, what's gonna be your next book? Oh yeah. You don't even know yet.
0: Okay. Well, I was thinking. Have you ever read um Truman Capote? No. I would really like to read um In Cold Blood. Have you heard of that? No. It's like. Oh yes, I have. I have. Have you read it? No. I would like to read that. Do you want to read that?
1: What's it about?
0: It's about like a murder mystery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And. It's a real... It's, like, based on real events. And Truman Capote just, like, dissects this murder mystery. Or this murder. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. And it's from, like, the 60s. So still kind of keeping with the Mm -hmm. classic novels. Modern classics. Modern classics, yes.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, stay tuned. We'll finalize our next book choice. It'll probably be that. And then you'll see... It'll be a surprise when you see your next um podcast pop up if you're subscribed make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts yeah
0: or wherever else you get your podcasts from <laughs>
1: in the future yeah um and thank you so much for watching yeah we hope you have an awesome Christmas Merry Christmas happy holidays <laughs> happy holidays, okay. happy holidays. Oh. <laughs>